A reading from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the 23rd chapter, verses 1 through 12. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so practice and observe whatever they tell you. But not what they do, for they preach but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplace and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven, Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For our meditation on God's word, we welcome Pastor Gary Hendrickson, Zion Lutheran Church, Little Falls, Minnesota. When my children were small, my wife and I came up with nicknames for them. The nicknames were typically derived from some action the child had performed or something that had happened to him or her. Some nicknames survived the years while others just vanished over time. Our oldest daughter picked up her nickname quite innocently. As a little girl, she would occasionally pass gas. Nothing all that unusual. However, we began calling her Tootie. That was later just shortened to toot. It was a nickname that has stuck with her more than 50 years. Referring to her as toot was no problem around the home until she became a teenager and began to date boys. Then if a boy was coming over to the house, mom and I were given strict instructions not to call her toot. It's not that the name toot was so bad. Rather, she didn't want us to explain exactly how she got that nickname. That would be unwanted attention. In our text, we find a specific group of people, namely the scribes and the Pharisees, who are tooting their own horns, so to speak, and banging their own drums for the purpose of drawing attention to themselves. They want everyone to know how much closer to perfection they are than the general population, how good they are, how they precisely follow the teachings of Moses and the prophets, how far above others they really are. These folks want to give the impression that if anyone, anyone is acceptable to God and on their way to heaven, it is most certainly them. Their perceived goal seems to make the common folks believe that they'll never measure up to the rigorous standards that these scribes and Pharisees have already achieved. Why? Why would someone act this way? It would seem that they wanted to be admired by the people. And naturally, if the common people admire you, God must necessarily be pleased as well. Well, at least that seems to be the prevailing attitude of the time. These scribes and Pharisees have determined that if they impress the common folks and receive their admiration, God will naturally follow suit. It's easy to pick apart the actions of the scribes and Pharisees, mostly because that's exactly what Jesus is doing in our text. 
our Lord has viewed their actions and determined that they are pumped up with pride and a yearning for public acceptance. Their actions indicate that they are more interested in impressing their fellow countrymen than in serving God. Do we continue to have people like that today? People who attempt to give the impression that they are serving God, but are really just serving themselves? Well, of course we have people like that. Human sinfulness never gets any better on its own. We continue to be the big sinners we have always been since our ancestral fall in the garden. We might pick on certain television evangelists, and we could probably make a pretty good case as we attempt to hold them up as modern-day examples. But let's attempt to personalize our search a bit more. How about you? How about me? Into which category of folks do we best fit? With the scribes and Pharisees or the common folks? Because we know right up front that Jesus is chastising and condemning the scribes and Pharisees, we certainly don't want to be compared to them. Yet, because of our propensity to sin and our inborn sinful natures, we often find ourselves placed in the midst of the scribes and Pharisees. We seek the admiration of others rather than humbling ourselves before God. Even a suggestion that we are being likened to these self-horned tutors can make us feel a little bit uncomfortable. Just as the scribes and Pharisees perceive themselves as being close to perfection before God, we too often have the same aspirations. We don't want to be identified with blatant sinners like these folks in our text. Yet the truth of the matter is that we all too often are like them. In the presence of others, we put our best foot forward while attempting to hide or obscure the real truth about ourselves. Yes, we can do a pretty good job of fooling others, but we can never fool the Lord. His perfect law condemns us. We'll never measure up on our own. In his love and mercy, the Lord revealed the solution to our sinfulness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As believers, we are forgiven for Jesus' sake. Like it or not, as professing Christians, each one of us is a teacher, an example to others. Others observe our actions and words and determine that this defines what a Christian is. As I apply that statement to myself, I am forced to admit I all too frequently am not a very good example to others. Like you, I can pick out a few times where my words and actions coincide with the truth that I profess. But then, then there are the other times, the times that seem to be the most meaningful to those whom I was attempting to reach with my Christian testimony. When my words and actions are in direct conflict with what I profess to believe, it's here that I am reminded by the Holy Spirit to point others to look at Jesus and not at me. I am but a poor, miserable sinner who is, at best, a pitiful example of what a Christian ought to be. Still, I, along with all other believers, have been called by the gospel to be modern-day disciples of Jesus Christ. 
We are to mimic our Lord at all times with the best of our God-given talents and abilities. Never are we to draw attention to ourselves, but rather always pointing others to Jesus. The reality of the Christian faith is that we'll never be good enough to deserve salvation. Rather, we're saved because Jesus was good enough to save all of us with his sacrificial death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. Now that's something for us to brag about. No, the only horn we should toot is the horn of salvation, salvation in Jesus Christ alone. Amen. We thank Pastor Gary Hendrickson for this meditation on God's Word.